Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Hey, good morning, Life Church. How are you today? Awesome. Welcome our guests. If you're visiting with us, we're honored you came to be with us today. Hope you enjoy the service. Hope you enjoy worshiping the Lord. That's what we're all about, bringing you closer to Jesus. So, hey, before I get started, I want to remind us that we are one week closer to our brand new building and moving in. So, so I know that you all aren't uh, like daily as excited as I am, but um, man, it's so great. I cannot wait to move in that new building. Let me give you the, the dates so that you are on track so you don't miss out on anything. Our last Sunday, final Sunday, here in the First Baptist Church Activity Center is scheduled for October 1. And so you're going to want to be here for our final memory of this building. We're not going to burn it down or anything like that, but, um, but we're gonna, we'll have a good time with some things to remember. Um, so then the following two weeks will be block parties at our new facility. We'll be in the parking lot. It won't be completed for us to be able to have services there, so we're going to have on in the parking lot, we'll have food truck, we'll have games and things like that, but we're also going to give tours so you can go in and see the building so that you can check it all out before our first service. Uh, so if you're a parent, we want you to see all the kids' ministry rooms and learn the check-in processes and get all that taken care of so that on that first Sunday, we're just able to move in and have a great day. So that's what's going on with that. But write this down. October 22 is our grand opening date. So woo! So good. Can't wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, I want to remind you about our Courageous Building Fund. This is the... The, the building fund that we're raising the support for the renovations and all the extra parts of a building. Our goal has been $1.5 million, and to date, we have raised $987,000, so impressive. So listen, I just want to encourage you, if you are not participating in the building fund, this would be a great time to, to be a part of that so that when you walk in the building, you can say, look what we did, I did, I'm a part of that. So uh, we'd love to have your support. And so that's my sales pitch on that. That's all you get. Hope you, hope you love that. All right, listen, I want to pray and I want to move into the message. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you that, that what we're doing here is significant and soon we'll have our final day here and we get to move in the new building. We, we anticipate all that that will be. But Father, right now, we have a moment to hear from you. Right now, we have a, a moment to, to let the word penetrate our hearts and to, to change us, to grow us, to strengthen us. So Father, I pray if there's anything that I say today that is not of you, that it'd fall by the wayside. But everything that is of you, would you use it to penetrate our hearts and bring change in our life? We love you, Lord. Can I get a great amen, church? Amen. amen. Well, today I want to talk to you on a topic that came to me from a conversation that I had with another local pastor in town. I was talking with Pastor Michael Mattis of Saltbox Church, and they are preparing to 
move into this space when we move out of here. So they're going to follow it up. And so we're going to leave a lot of, you know, good graces in here and they just get to walk right into that. But um, so he and I were talking about their move, our move, and, and he was asking me about the changes that I expected and what kinds of things would be happening when we get there. And and we were talking about change and, you know, the building would be this and a little further away from where we are here and what would that mean and, you know, what would it be like to have a bigger auditorium, you know, just going through all the changes that are coming. And, and then he asked me this question. He said, well, isn't this new location very close to your original building that you all had when you started the church? And, and I, I said to them, yes, and, and so if you're not familiar the new location is down Oleander, and our very original, you know, what we'd call, you know, permanent location was less than half a mile from there. I mean, just, just right down the road. And so I said, yes, we are going to be very close to that. And, and I said to him, I'm kind of excited about it because we're going to be digging up old wells. And, and when I said it, I, I thought I was just kind of making a statement and then a few minutes later after the conversation, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me about digging old wells. And so today I'm going to be talking about digging old wells. And here's the reason why. Because I understand that changes are inevitable when we move into the new building. Like it's going to happen. And, and changes are going to happen. We're going to, listen, we're going to go to a whole new place. Some of you live in Leland, you've got an extra red light to get through. All right, so you know, you got to come on down Oleander a little bit further. The building's going to be different. There's going to be things that change for us. There's going to be, uh, you know, like uh, the, the platform is a little higher up by about that far, and, and you're going to have to look up just a little bit higher. Um, there's going to be changes. There's going to be more people walking in the room. We're going to have a, a sweet coffee shop. We're going to have a spectacular lobby, and there's going to be a ton of more people coming through. And, and so there's going to be a lot of change. And what I want to remind you is that we're going to be digging out the same wells of who we've always been. When, as an example, let me tell you why I, I'm referring to this, because when we moved into this location, we came out of the mall and we came here, we probably had about 100 people leave our church when we moved here. And some of them said to me, it just seems so different. They're like, I don't know, I, I just, I don't like the chairs and, and, and they just were, they, it just like, it doesn't feel like us anymore. And so that what they did is they said, instead of working through this, we're going to go somewhere else. And listen, here's the thing I know, is I know a lot of people struggle with change. A lot of people like the same old thing and they like it, you know, right there, steady. And, and I get that. I, I, I like change, but there are some things that when it changes, you feel the the, the switch of it, and, and I know in church life when you have big changes, it, people feel it, and so here's, I just want you to know that yes, so many things are going to be changing in where we meet, in the, the location, and the lights, and, and you know, we're just going to have new stuff, and it's going to seem different everywhere else, but, but we're going to have the same heart of who we've always been, okay? So we're going to keep digging up old wells. And so my sermon title today is, Can You Dig It? <laughs> Can you dig it? I mean, you okay if we change, but we're still the same church? Amen. Can you dig it? 
Ask your neighbor. Listen, I haven't done an ask your neighbor in a long time. But ask your neighbor, can they dig it? Say, can you dig it? Wells, a well is an important source of water, especially in biblical times. They obviously didn't have the, the modern machinery and the, you know, the, the, the drills and to you know, be able to dig out the wells. They, they literally, I, I assume they had a shovel. I don't know what they used, but they, they dug the wells. Now, in the Middle Eastern deserts, the, the weather there was hotter than it is here. It's very hot and, and very dry. So for them, a well was a matter of life and death. In those days, if you had a, a well, then it was a, an ability to be able to, to water your flocks and your herds. And, and it became a source of, of profitability because they could sustain a bigger flock. And so wells were part of their prosperity. And, and you know, for us today, it would be like if you found an oil well in your backyard, you know, like, wow. And so, so that's the significance of a well. So wells for them, they provided, you know, fresh water for their families. They, it provided water for their animals. And it also became, though, a place that communities would, would be built around the wells and they would be near the wells and people needed access to these wells. And the wells became like gathering places. And so people would go out to the well and while they were getting out the water, they would have conversations and there would be different things. And so it was like a, a gathering place. And, and they, would, they would pull up from this well fresh water that would sustain their life. And I couldn't help but think about us as a local church that we are like a well that when people gather around the well in the church, they are able to drink from the fresh living waters of God and God refreshes your life and you find community and you find the blessings of God on your life around the well of the church. Amen? Amen. Wells always played a significant role in the Bible. As an example, Moses, he met his, his wife Zipporah at a well. She came to collect water for her flocks and her sisters were with her and there were some other shepherds that were there and they were crowding out the sisters, the ladies, and, and they wouldn't let them get to the water. And Moses saw that and Moses had a sense of masculinity on him and he stepped up and he said no to these guys so these ladies could get the water. Just while I'm here, let me say it's a good thing to have masculine men that will help defend the women when necessary. Can I get an amen? So Moses, though, when he did that, one of those girls is like, that's my man right there. And so he found his wife. Jacob, he met his wife at a well. And so I want to say to all the single people out there, that if you're looking for a spouse, you ought to look at the well. You ought to go to where the church gathers and find your man. Find a masculine man. That's just a side note. You didn't pay for that one. Book of John, chapter 4, says Jesus, he had gone through Samaria. 
And he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. And so Jacob's well was there. And Jesus was tired, and he was tired from his journey, so he sat down by the well, and the Bible says about noon. And if you go on in the story, there was a, a woman from Samaria came out to get water, and, and she and Jesus strike up this conversation. And in the conversation, Jesus then turns this, this conversation from this natural water to a spiritual conversation. And he says to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, pointing to this natural well. And he says, but whoever drinks from the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, he said, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so we know that Jesus is the well. He is the living water. Amen, church? And all who drink from the well of Jesus will have eternal life. And so I was thinking about our church in, in 19 years ago when we were at that location there on Oleander. It used to be a little golf shop at one point, and now we'd converted into our place. And and I was thinking about, though, the well that we had dug, and, and we then were digging the well to help people have a place to come and drink from that living water of Jesus Christ, and we, we started a well there. Like, we dug the well. Now, we were smaller then, so we didn't have as big of a well, but we dug a well, and now today, as we are circling back, we can... We can uncover some of the wells that, that we began to dig then and we can help people find life in Jesus again as we circle back. I love the idea about the well that, that Jacob's well, and this was hundreds of years old when Christ was sitting there and, and a lot had changed around that well. Just think about all the changes that happened, but living water was now there and we're circling back. I believe that we get to dig that well again and help people find life in Jesus. And, and yes, we're moving into a new building. A lot has changed, but, but the well of Christ will be in our midst. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? And we even have more shovels to dig now. Years ago when we were meeting in that location there, I had a friend and he came to me one day and he, he, he led a, a big ministry about helping women free from sexual uh, trafficking and human trafficking. And, but we were standing at that parking lot and he gave me this prophetic word and, and I want to share it with you because what he said to me was that, that our church was like a, a bamboo shoot. And he said that there would be a season where there is growth underground, foundation is being built and there'll be slow growth on top. But he said, one day, your creator, God, will say to that shoot, it's time to grow fast. And he said, that day will come. Now, that was 19 years ago that he shared that prophetic word. I remember at the time when he said it to me, I went and did a little research on bamboo trees to kind of dig into that prophetic word. And and so bamboo trees are, are very unique, especially some of the species. And 
one of the species, when it is started, the, the roots grow and they grow for several years before there's any significant growth coming up. And one day when the, the roots have reached some type of capacity, some foundation has been built, then the creator has designed it in a way that when it hits that foundation, that it begins to grow rapidly. And in some species, they grow an inch an hour. And so that prophetic word that was given to us 19 years ago, it was interesting to me that the Lord brought that back to my memory here recently because I'd honestly forgotten about it. 19 years ago, you know how you get a prophetic word and you go amen and, and you receive it. But many prophetic words, it's not something that I can make happen. So I just put it on the shelf and said, God, when you're ready, you let it be. And it's so great that as I'm getting ready to work on this message, just out of nowhere, that prophetic word showed up in my life, in my thoughts. And I felt like the Lord said, you're gonna dig up that old well and that old prophecy is gonna come to life and he's gonna do something in a remarkable, fast way for us. Amen. Can you dig it? <laughs> Let me take us to the Old Testament for a minute. There's a story about Abraham. And he had dug several wells. And his son had to come along and redig the wells. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 26, 12, that Isaac, this is Abraham's son, planted crops in the land and the same year re reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines, this is the enemy of God's people, they envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the enemy, Philistines, stopped up those wells, filling them with dirt or, Scripture says, the earth. And so, you know, you think about the well that was dug for, by Abraham, and it was, a, it was meant for Abraham, but for generations to come, to be able to come to this well and to be refreshed and be revived and to, to drink from this water that, that is, you know, sustaining these flocks and sustaining the families and the communities around it. And we find that the enemy has come and filled these wells with dirt. And so the Bible says that, that Isaac did this, it says in verse 18, that what he did is he, he dug again the, the water. In other words, he came to the wells that were filled with dirt and he began to redig those wells to get down to that water again. And it says that Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And it says that, that Isaac, what he did, he called them the wells by the names which his father had called them. And that's a significant thing to understand because in that culture, wells were named after the person that dug the well or after some significant spiritual encounter with God. So as an example, in the book of Genesis, it says, so that well was named Bear Leho Roy, if I'm anywhere near it, amen. But it means 
the well of the living one who sees me. And so they named a well after this encounter. Like that's what that well represented. And so when you think about Isaac, what he did is he redug the wells, but he wasn't only digging a natural well, he was hanging on to the heritage. He was hanging on to the values. He was hanging on to the customs. He was hanging on to the spiritual significance of why that well was there. So it's, it's, it's multiple ways that the well had significance. Abraham dug the wells, named them, and then the enemy filled them, and then he came back and redug the wells and kept those names that, that were part of the first generation ahead of him, the generation that had dug those wells, and there was a, a sense of honor back to his father in that. The enemy covered those wells to stop the next generation from having access to the living source of water. Listen, the enemy always comes against the next generation. It's happening in our culture today. The enemy is, is wanting to stop the, the, the coming generation. The enemy doesn't want the coming generation to, to have access to the, the living water, to the, the values of the previous generation. And so we have to recognize that the enemy wants to stop the, the, the generation that's coming. Now we're digging spiritual wells here at our church. We're digging wells, we've been digging wells. But I want you to know that the wells that we are digging are not just for us, but it's for my children and for your children and for their children's children and grandchildren. We're digging wells like Abraham that would have, have the ability to provide for the families that come after us. But I wanna give a quick word to the next generation that's in the room for just one moment. Because the Bible says that the Philistines, this is the enemy of God, what'd they do? They, they stopped up the wells after the death of Abraham. And so it's as if the enemy waited for Abraham to die. It's like the enemy understood that Abraham had the fortitude and he had the commitment and he had the values to defend the wells from the enemy. And so the enemy recognized, I can't get to the wells now, so the enemy waited. And in my mind, I believe the enemy believes that the next generation will not have the heart to protect and defend the values of the kingdom of God and those wells. I think the enemy thinks that if I wait for this generation to pass, this next generation is gonna fall apart. I think he believes that the next generation is gonna get trapped into the, the cultures of today and they're gonna muddy up the waters and they're, gonna, they're just not gonna be able to get there. They're not gonna live out of the values that the previous generation, and listen, I'm, I'm including myself in a previous generation right now. I'm a little older. I'm kinda glad to be, I like being a little older. It's great, I have a little more wisdom and I can tell the young ones do all the hard work. It's great. It's, I love it. <laughs> but here's the thing. I believe the devil misread the next generation. Because here's what we know. That Isaac 
dug again the wells of his father. And I believe the next generation will have as much or more passion and commitment to God. I believe they will seek the Holy Spirit. I believe they'll stay committed to church, the word of God. And I believe the gospel will continue long after my generation is playing golf. To the next generation. Can you dig it? Will you dig it? Because you need to know there's a lot of dirt getting thrown in the wells. Culture's throwing a lot of dirt right now. There's a lot being thrown in. And so to the next generation, and, and, and I'm so glad that next generation's on the front row and all over this church, and I'm glad we got a strong youth group, and I love all that. But the, the next generation, you need to know that, that you're going to have to dig. You're going to have to pick up the shovel and clean out the wells. That you can't just ride on the coattails of the previous generation forever. At some point, you're going to have to look at the culture and go, no, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live by biblical values, and I'm going to live this thing out. So you can do it. But you'll have to do it. You're gonna have to come along at some point and protect the church from the dirt of the world. You're gonna have to dig into worship and dig into the word of God. You will have to keep the pollution of the culture out of the church. It'll be yours. We'll hand off the baton. But today, this generation's digging the wells for you. And we're prepping it for you. Every time I pray, every time I fast, every time I preach, every time I worship, I'm digging a well for the next generation to come. And so are you. Every time you go to church and every time you read your Bible, every time you lift your hands and worship, you're digging a well for people to come along behind you. So we're digging wells. Can you dig it? Yeah. Well, listen, praise God, I'm not dead yet, so I'm still digging. All right, I'm still digging. I'm not ready to stop digging. I'm, I'm never going to stop digging. I don't know. I mean, one day the Lord will say, you know, come home, and, and then I'll go home. But I'm digging today, and I know that our church is going to experience a lot of changes over the next several months, and we're going to... We're going to see things that we haven't been able to see, and we're going to have, listen, we're going to just be able to come to church on Sunday morning and just turn the lights on and have church without, you know, three hours of setting up, and whoo, it's going to be great, and uh, we're going to, you're going to see people, and there's just going to be a lot of changes going on, and so I want to remind you, though, of three wells that we have dug, but we're going to dig them deeper. We're going to keep digging these wells because I want you to know that yes, change, but also yes, the same at the same time. And so the first well I want to remind you of that we're going to continue to dig is the well of worship. We can't lose the well of worship at our church. We, we can't let the enemy stop up the well of worship. 
listen, we can't get to this new place and have a, a fancier new platform and some shiny new lights and get, our, get the, the dirt of pride in our life and begin to think, look at us and look how good we are today and miss the authentic, pure place of God, I love you, I wanna worship you. We have to keep the purity of the, the well of worship. We must dig deeper and help people know and worship God. We must keep our worship pure and passionate. I see in this new building a church with more people all over a larger sanctuary, but I see people passionately with their hands lifted up and voices lifted high in glorious praise to our heavenly Father, amen? But I wanna, can I take a moment? You okay if I, if I um, dig, dig a little bit around you and maybe um, step on a toe or two? You okay with that? Y'all like that. I, actually, I, I know y'all, you, you like it a little bit like every now and then. Here's, here's what I was thinking about though. Is some of you need to start digging the well of worship for yourself. Some of you are coming to church and you're watching the worship team dig wells. And you're not digging out here. See, what happens when you come into the worship center here, whatever we call the auditorium, is what we do is we give you a shovel. And we'll say, here's your shovel. And the worship team's gonna be up here. They're digging and digging and, and digging. That's a nice little, you know, they dig and dig and dig. That's Shantae, by the way, right there. It's not Scott, bro. You're masculine, man. But listen, they're up here digging away while some of you are leaning against your shoulder, your shovel. And you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna encounter God and you're gonna watch them. You're gonna miss out on all that God has for you today if you're just a watcher. Listen, don't be a watcher, be a worshiper. Amen. We're digging a well. We're digging a well. Don't be intimidated. I heard another pastor say this, so I'm totally copying this other pastor. So just when you see it somewhere else, just know I totally copied it. But he said that we have you know, too many youth in church that are cold to worship. And he said they're, they're child sickles, like cold child sickles. And he said the reason is, is we have too many popsicles in the church. Too many men, instead of leading your households in worship and your kids are watching you, you're digging a wrong well. Amen. We have to dig a well of worship, men. Can I get an amen, men? Amen. Listen, one of the things, let me, just, let me just say this. One of the most masculine things you can do as a man is lift your hands to God and say, I need you more than ever today. We need to worship. We're a worshiping church. Why? Because he is worthy of our praise. There is no other God before our God. There is no other God above him. We worship him because we've been saved. What have we been saved from? Remember what? Saved from what? Harriet remembers. If you were here last week, you, you know I, I taught us about what we're saved from. And, and, and just go listen to it. But we're saved. Listen, I'm so grateful. 
for my forgiveness and life that he has given me. We worship God because it reminds us of his greatness. When you come into church and you start singing about how great is our God and how marvelous and mighty are his works and we begin to lift him up, it causes the the problems and the issues of our life to shrink because he's a big God and he will fight our battles for us. We're singing this song today and it was a moment for me because I was working through this this thing that was going on in my life and I I felt the pressure of it and and I kind of came in today like, Lord, I want to encounter you, I need you. And so so while we're singing this third song about every victory is God, and then all of a sudden, Jared goes into this pounding on the drum things, you know, And, and what I started imagining in my mind is that reminded me of thunder that was happening in the heavens. And it was like a warfare moment. And it was like God's power was coming from heaven, hitting the cold atmosphere. He was breaking through and it was like thunder breaking through. And I'm standing over going, whoa, God, I'm encountering your power breakthrough today. If you're leaning on your shovel, you won't have that encounter. We're worshiping church. The well of worship, it's been dug. We want to dig it deeper. God wants our passion. God wants our participation. God wants our expression. God wants us to to show up at church and be full on, hearts lifted up and our hands lifted up, our voices lifted up. We've got to dig those wells. You've got to dig the wells. The Bible says in Psalm 66, it says, says, shout joyful praises to God all the earth. Give the Lord a shout real quick. Shout joyful praise to God. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, How awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious song. Amen. Dig that well. We're going to dig that well deeper and deeper. Yes, we're going to go into a new auditorium. And yes, we're going to have more people and the floor will be different, the lights will be different, and the air conditioning will be better. But I want you to know that that we're going to keep digging the well of worship. The next thing we're going to keep digging is the well of the word. We'll always preach the word of God. We'll preach it with grace. We'll preach it with love. We'll also preach it with truth. We'll preach it with conviction. We'll preach the word of God. The word. The word of God is how you build your life. It is, it is the strength of your life. The word of God is what builds your faith and it, it is what aligns your life to, to live a life that is pleasing to God. It is the, it is the standard bearer on how we we live and we, we take our, our view of, of culture from the word of God and we, we apply the word to everything else. It's the word of God. And if you want to be blessed, then, then you must dig your well of the word of God. And it says that we do it by hearing 
the word of God, by coming to church and hearing the preacher preach the messages that are in the word of God. And the Bible says in Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and will obey it. In other words, when you're in church, you need a pastor who will preach the word of God. You need a pastor that will preach the whole counsel of the word of God. You need a pastor that won't muddy down the word of God. You need a pastor who won't preach a culturally acceptable version of the Bible. You want the fresh living water that is not diluted with culture in any way. Listen, when the word is polluted, it is diluted. That's pretty good, wasn't it? So, church, we're going to keep digging the well of the Word of God. And it'll create boldness in us. And we'll say what needs to be said with love. But we're going to live and be a church that is digging the Word of God. Can you dig it? And the last well I want to share with you is the well of faith. We're going to dig the well of faith. We've been digging the well of faith for years. We're a church that digs the well of faith. I can dig it. Listen to Luke chapter 18. It says, when the Son of Man comes, so when Jesus returns, it says, will he really find faith on earth? Will he really find faith? Will he really find it? In other words, is Jesus going to find people who really believe in God and his supernatural power? I think in some ways, Jesus is asking the question, are there going to be any churches still preaching on healing? Are there gonna be any churches anymore that are preaching about the anointing of God and anointing people with oil? Are there still going to be churches that are laying hands on the sick and believing by faith that they shall be healed? Will there be anyone preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in prayer languages? And will there be a church that still believes in the prophetic voice of God? Will there be anybody preaching about miracles and signs and wonders? Church, I want you to know that we're going to continue to walk and live by faith at our church. Churches, churches that become more focused on being polished and programmed lose the power of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, it says, my message, this is Paul, but I want it to be us. Our message and our preaching may be very plain. Rather than using a clever and persuasive speech, I rely only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. We have always dug wells of faith and miracles at our church. And when we get to our new, bigger, fancier building, Listen, it's not going to be about persuasive, programmed words. It's going to be by the power of God that we preach and see God move. The Bible teaches us that we are people that walk by faith. It says in 2 Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, we're a church that is a church that is digging the well of faith. 
I still believe and I will continue to believe from yesterday to today and forever, next week, next month, on and on. I believe that we should stand on God's promises and we should always expect God's miracles in life. I believe with God all things are possible. We have to dig out the dirt that is covering that place of faith, the dirt of doubt, the dirt of disappointment, the dirt of discouragement. Yes, it's real. And that's what we're being taught today, that when the enemy tries to cover up that place of faith, you've got to get your shovel out and go no to doubt, no to discouragement, no to this. I'm going for the well of faith. You can find the faith. Listen, I believe. I believe. Everybody say, I believe. Listen, you need to start declaring, I believe my children will be saved. I believe my body will be healed. I believe my business and my job will prosper. I believe I will overcome the burdens that's on me today. Say it with me. I believe God can do it. Say it again. I believe God can do it. Amen. Amen. So are things changing? Yes. Amen. Change is inevitable, but the same well that we dug 19 years ago, we're just going to keep digging. It's still us, church. Don't go into that new building and look around and go, hey, this doesn't feel like us. If you come to me and say, this just doesn't feel like my same old church. And I'm going to say, it's not supposed to. It's supposed to get better. We're supposed to reach new people. But we're still digging the same well. Jesus told the, the woman at the well that he was the living spiritual water. And he said, anyone who drinks from him would never be thirsty again. He is the the well. He is the living water. And I just want to remind you today that we have to drink from the well of Jesus Christ. And if you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, then, then I want you to know that it is through him that you have eternal life. He is the well. But I also want to remind you that have known Jesus for some time that that you have to maintain your well. You have to clean out your well. You have to, you have to fast and dig and pray and, and worship and, and you have to keep the, the connection. You have, to, you have to keep the well clean. And some of you have walked away from God and you're not keeping your well clean. You've let some things muddy up your water and I'm telling you today, clean out the well and come back to Jesus. I know I'm preaching a little bit like a charismatic something, but it's the power of God that changes lives. The Bible says in Jeremiah, I'm also preaching a long time like a charismatic preacher, so I promise we'll wrap it up. But Jeremiah 2 says, listen to this, my people have committed two sins. Number one, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water. There are some here today that have lost their commitment and have fallen away. They've lost their commitment to, to God and, 
they've allowed discouragement and they've allowed disappointments and somehow they're slowly fading from a close walk with God and mud has filled your well. Today you need to repent and turn back to God. Repentance is how you clean the well. It says this, it goes on to say, after they have forsaken me, it says, the spring of living water, it says, now they have also dug their own cisterns and broken cisterns that cannot hold water. In other words, there's been a well that was provided of living water and and instead of keeping it clean, people have started digging out false wells. They've been pursuing things in life that don't bring you life and they've been digging into addictions and digging into alcohol and digging into to trying to make more money for the sake of money and the love of money. I mean, there's just so many things that distract us and get us off track and, and you're digging and, and the Bible says that that well will not hold the water that you want and you want the living water. And so I'm calling every person today in this room, whether you feel close to him or not, to abandon everything else and say, God, I want living water today. And I want the the living water that only comes from Jesus Christ. And and today I turn to Jesus and I said, God, I want to clean out anything that is holding me back from having the purity of living water of Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this church. God, I pray that if there's anyone in this room today that has never begun a relationship with God, that today would be the day of salvation. And God, I pray that people would be saved today. They would experience forgiveness of their sins today. They would begin a brand new life in you today, God. And so Lord, if there's anyone in this room, give them the courage to let me know by raising their hands. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, I wanna begin a walk with God. I want my new life in him. Is there anyone that wants to be saved today? I'm not gonna do anything to you, I'm not gonna embarrass you, just wanna know. And maybe you're one of those today that have fallen away in some capacity. Maybe your well isn't as pure as it ought to be. And today you wanna say, God, I turn back to you. I repent, I want a pure well. If that's you today, if you're like recommitting your life to Christ, would you lift your hand to me? Just say, that's me today, pastor. I see your hands. So Father, we thank you for every person that's lifted their hand. God, let that be an indication of their heart that is digging out the well, removing the dirt so they can live for you, God. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can I get a great amen, church? Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me? So I know I ran over, but it's okay. We don't have to break down today, so we got an extra five minutes. You got five minutes. Your stomach can make it. I would love for you to stay in the room if possible for this last part. Because what we're gonna do is go back into worship. We're gonna dig that well of worship together for just a minute. Also, we're gonna dig the well of faith. If you have any prayer need, there'll be people on the sides that can pray for you. And you're gonna walk over to them and say, this is the need. And they're gonna say, well, all things are possible with God, let's pray. Communion will be in the back corners if you want communion. But for just a minute, this team's gonna take us back into how great our God is, something like that. What are we singing? 
Great are you, Lord. I was close. Thank you, Scott. You going to do the little dance for me? Did you see my dance? <laughs> hey, listen. Let's take this time and encounter God. Let's get our shovels and dig for a few minutes. Father, we love you. We want to worship you with our hearts purely, expressionately. Lord, we want to lift our voices to you. And God, for every person who needs prayer today, we believe by faith that you'll touch their bodies, their life in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you're free to get communion, get prayer, and worship.